Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, I'm Ryan. I'm Will. And I'm Ivan. And you're listening to the podcast where we watch reality TV, so you don't have to. Welcome to episode 24 of It's Just a Game. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of It's Just a Game, the podcast where we watch reality TV so you don't have to. Every week we're here to discuss the best strategies, the lucky ones as well, the hot goss and the most iconic moments of your favorite reality TV shows. This week we're back and we are going to have a lot to say about two exceptional episodes of Survivor UK. We're back on the island to discuss episodes 11 and 12. And oh boy, so much to say. Now, I'm not just going to talk on my own. No, of course, I'll be joined by my two best mates, my two pretty best friends. Wilf is here. Hello, Wilf. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Did you know, guys, if this uh, podcast was an hour long, we have a day's worth of <gasps> podcast. But it's not. But you've still got 12 hours of podcasts to listen to. So do it from the beginning. The box set is available for charity uh, for a meal for Wilf. Uh... Wait, wait, I've got, I was speaking to a Yoda the other day and I was like, imagine how many VCRs tapes you'd have to have in your house you've watched in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Your whole house would be full of VHSs, sorry. Well, funny you mentioned that. Also here with us today is the man with the house full of VCRs, Ivan. Hello, Ivan. (laughs) Oh my God, I didn't think you could see that in the background. Yeah, okay, fine. What I like to do, I tape all of the top 40s and all of the top of the pops and all the all the thing all the robot wars episodes and i just stick them in a big pile and never watch them again well we can actually tell because i'm looking behind you and you don't have walls you just have tapes yeah walls of tapes mate you don't need walls if you've got tapes come on, come uh, 
beautiful. Yes. Now, as always, don't forget, we're entering a spoiler zone. So if you haven't seen episodes 1 to 12, oh my God, we, we're getting there. 1 yeah. to 12 of Survivor UK and you do not want to be spoiled, go away and come back when you're done. Unless you want a little spoiler from Ivan. If you have Ooh. seen the episodes, stay right here. Do not move because these were exceptional. We are going to have so much to discuss. Uh, if you don't mind being spoiled, though, if you like Ivan spoiling you, as I do, then we've got <laughs> your favorite moment of the week here. What's been going on, Ivan? Can you tell us, Ivan, what's been going on, Ivan? I can certainly tell you, Ryan. Let's start with episode 12, where Lee and Chris's infighting has worked. With the original Kalaton members outnumbering Lenena 5 to 4, they hold the power by holding on to original tribal lines. Everyone's looking to eliminate Chris, even the Lenena gang, who haven't yet realised the power they've lost. The reward challenge is a flotsam memory challenge. Chris's team win fish and chips, and Chris tries to schmooze the other winners, but fails. But the next day, Tanuke raises the idea of using the obvious target, Chris, to blindside Doug. One by one, she brings the old Calatonians on board to get rid of who she considers to be the biggest threat. The immunity challenge is your classic pole hang, which Tanuke wins. Chris tries to unite Lenena against Leilani using his second vote and bluffing an immunity idol, but none of it was necessary. Tanuke's blindside is enough to shockingly eliminate Doug. What a twist. So go into episode 12. And now that the tribal lines have been reinstalled, Hannah and Pegleg, and obviously Chris, are shocked and alone. Chris, still alive, has more of a team than ever before because they're going to start teaming up against the five majority. The reward challenge is a wall remain, peg remove, crotch invade situation. Chris and Matthew win, choose underperforming Lawrence to join them, and during the pizza reward, Chris suggests to Matthew that he's the first to be dropped from the Kelaton 5. It's clearly false, but it works on Matthew, who now resolves to blindside to Nuke. The immunity challenge is an obstacle course, followed by a barrel ride, followed by a spinning disc balance thing. <laughs> Lawrence, somehow, wins. Lawrence, no idea why, lets Tanuke know, Tanuke? Yep, Lawrence lets Tanuke know that people are voting for her. She fights back, but Matthew holds his nerve, performs a big double cross, and votes out his closest ally. Tanuke becomes the fourth member of the jury, and we're down to seven? Is it seven? It's seven. Down to seven. Oh my bloody God, it's seven. And that's all, that's all that happened. That's everything that happened. So thanks for listening to the podcast. I've been Ryan. You can find me at, at Ryan Rashidi on <laughs> Bebo. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know where to go from there. You've just said goodbye. So I guess uh, we, yeah, we, like the rules say we've got to go. It's the law. So uh, have a good night. That's the law. That's the, that's the law set down by <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bye-bye, driver. Bye-bye, driver. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, seriously, let's get into the thick of it. Now, you know me, usually I start these episodes, taking it from the top, taking it from the beginning of episode. Uh, this time, I want to talk about overarching teams, because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of, like, overarching moments in there. Uh, now, the first one is, sort of earlier on, we've got a new king and queen. Go away, Charles and Camilla. The new king and queen are here. Nathan and Tanuki are here. Mm. Uh, Tanuki really becomes the new queen of strategy. She solidifies a Canton Island. She's a driving force. How did we feel about this almost surprise takeover there from these, these two becoming the strongest competitors, the strategists on the island, especially coming from, you know, somebody like Nathan, who we hadn't seen play very much, very strategically until then? Well. Um, 
I liked it, but I didn't like it because I don't think there was an equality of power between both of them. I don't think Nathan was pulling any strings. I think he was just a person helping to nuke all the strings. Um, and with this game, I just feel like if you're in any sort of power, you need to, like, there was a line that Christopher said, and he said, if you're not in the conversations, the conversations are about you. And that means in both ways. If you're you're feeling like no conversations are about you in any way, you're either too strong or you're not strong enough. Like, do you know what I mean? There's a real good balance to try not to get mentioned by mm. might be too powerful. So I think it was great, and I think the moves were great that she made in that episode. But at the same time, it was too powerful move, too much of a powerful move for her to be able to sort of go back into the shadows a little yeah. bit. Ivan, do you agree that this takeover was sort of her downfall? It was a brilliant, brilliant blindside. I think her mistake was then sitting on her laurels, resting on her laurels and saying, it's fine, everyone trusts me. I've even won Hannah back over. I've won Peg back over. No, mate, you haven't. She <laughs> played such a brilliant blindside. That was so good, the way everyone was thinking about Chris. And then they got dug, especially because what it was really doing was reinforcing a majority of five. But then the entire next episode, and maybe this was editing, but the entire next episode, she was going on about how she was so confident getting down to the final five and she should have seen it coming and she didn't i god i just really really felt sad because i think it's a really really strong final three to nuke nathan matt matt i know we're gonna go on to this but matt having to break that could be his downfall too oh mm -hmm. my god it was so dramatic yeah i feel i feel like it's it's a really strange place to be, especially after backstabbing Doug. Like Doug was mm. by far the strongest player for a long period yeah. of week. But we even predicted that his downfall would be coming. Like yeah. we could feel that people are gonna be intimidated by him. But also with Hannah, I feel for Hannah quite a lot because I'm somebody who's really trusting, right? I trust a lot of people in my life. Mm. And then like I was quite lucky because when we filmed that little show that we did once, right? We was I was in a position where I didn't have to deal with people going against my trust. And I think I would have really struggled with trusting people and then backstabbing me. Like, And then I seen her on the beach talking about it, yeah. getting upset. And I felt for her going, oh, my God, I think I, I'd feel... Like, I felt bad when people would turn on me and I was the bad guy. Because no notoriously, you didn't struggle with trust on the traitors. <laughs> <laughs> but no, do you know what I'm saying? Like, she, she burnt her bridges quite a lot. Why, why yeah. There is this gulf, I think, between people who are playing the game and people who are not. And Hannah is not, but it doesn't mean she's doing badly. It just means that she gets personally hurt, as does Pegleg, actually, get personally hurt by people backstabbing them. Then you watch Darg and Ren's elimination. You watch the way Chris is dealing with his adversity. And to a certain extent, Tanuke, though, she was a bit salty about being evicted. And you go, <laughs> wow, they get it. It's not personal. It is a survival game. And I feel like the thing that makes the UK show hard and potentially harder than the games where everyone's playing the game is that some people aren't. Same thing with our show. People were taking it so personally that strategy was seen as an evil thing. And it's not. This is a strategy game. Tanuka played a brilliant blinder, but in doing so, hurt people's feelings, specifically Hannah and Peg. I mean, I guess that does lead me to my next question, which is, Seeing how this series of Survivor has been going, do you need to actually be a bit of a of a weak player to succeed? No, no. Because the problem, my point of view, the problem is if you're a strong player, sooner or later you've got to make a move, and as soon as you make the move, you've got this target on your back. So, is there really? Could you see a particularly strong player like a star 
succeed? Because honestly, Dog and Tanuki are two people I would have seen in an All-Stars. They were two of the best players and they couldn't make it to the end because they were too strong. Yeah, well, but you look, disagree. Like you look at Chris, right? I know he's not the great, like he's not the great player. But what happens in reality shows? I found when you're put under the pressure and you defend yourself and you can come back from it, you're in a really strange position. No, a strong position because you know you sort of been through the experience and know how to get out of it. And he's sort of got himself out of it almost. Like he's very mm. somehow he's. I didn't see any way that he could have got out of the situation he was in. And I, I, I literally was like, oh my god, I can't believe he's done it. Like I was, I took my hat off to him. And but in terms of strength of players. I think you can't be too weak, but like I said, you have to sort of follow people's lead and be be a bit like, okay, I'll take your lead because they ultimately it's like a head teacher, right? They they give responsibility <laughs> to everyone, and if something goes wrong when Austin come in, the head teacher deals with the shit and has to get has to disappear. Like, do you know what I mean? You <laughs> let them take that. Do you know what I mean? That's how I, I see it anyway. I think also, uh, Ryan, you have to be careful when you're saying a strong player. But do you mean just people who instigate moves? Because yeah, and everyone who's instigated a move, apart from Chris and to a certain extent Matthew, has been now been eliminated. So that is something that needs to be seen. And I don't know if that's the case in other show in other countries, survivors as well. But certainly that is the case. If you instigate to get a move your head's above the parapet so does that mean that's a bad player i mean what how do we decide what a good player is yeah. Maybe that's what makes a bad player is being too bold about the way you instigate a move and instead to be slightly slimy and slightly shady about it like well we'll see whether matthew survives this but i hope but, he does you, you know what i'll eat my hat actually you've got a really good point here uh when i say weak player really that means somebody who's not making man moves strategically but actually mm. that is sort of the sign of a weak player if you realize that being allowed strategist is going to get you eliminated so yeah. i guess yeah you, you've both got a point maybe actually it is still the best player who will succeed but i love chris's preservation like for me as a game player when i play games if i see myself a weakness the way to for me to do it you go in self-preservation mode and you try to fuck up everybody else's game plans but that's what i like even when i would play games with you ivan and we've played and you ryan we've played uh, blood on watch hour clock towers and i've literally gone like oh, i'm just gonna fuck everyone else's game like 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 yeah. and bring relevance i don't know it's he's i think he's done okay chris to be honest i think it's very easy to look at people like chris who survived a long time against adversity and think that adversity and think that every tactical move he's made was the right one but that's survivorship bias right uh, fittingly survivorship <laughs> bias that so just for, for you at home some of you will definitely know it. it's that picture of the spitfire right it's the logical error of focusing only on the survivors and what they did and concluding from that that everything they did contributed to their survival. There's no doubt that Chris has done some really good moves, namely in the last episode, convincing, mm-hmm. poisoning Matthew's mind to think that it was all about, he, that he was the like the very end of the Calaton tribe, but in fact, he was number three, probably. Like that was so clever to get Matt to switch. But that doesn't mean that everything everything Chris has done has been good. We can all agree that the fact that he ended up in that position with him and Ash and survived it, he survived it, but not through his own skill through his yeah. own tactics and i've seen him make a few tweets this week being like yeah i would have played harder if they allowed me to but everyone was discouraging it no i mean yeah he did some good moves he did some bad moves he survived it's like alan sugar right we've talked about alan sugar before <laughs> this podcast and i always think about him because he's like he did some bad business things he's ended up successful doesn't mean everything he's done is successful and i think the yeah. same applies to chris quite a lot here actually can we applaud doug though for his um for his like when he got 
out, he was just like, well done. Like, yeah. I like that he said it before he got voted. Look, I don't see this as me as a weakness is because I was a strong player. And he took his hat off to everybody that voted for him. I really appreciated his way of losing. What a man. And that's a mark of a, a real, a true Survivor fan. He wasn't mad that he'd just been voted off. He was just happy that he'd been voted off in such an amazing circumstance. In a way, it's quite similar to Ivan's leaving speech on a traitor. He was just like... You know what? Yeah, I'm out, but what a game. Yeah. That that makes me that makes him deeply likable to me. I've been chatting to him this week briefly, um, and I just think it, it's through and through. It, it, you know, in public and in private, he's an absolute gentleman. He loves the game, and I just, you know, I just think he's he's just brilliant. I think he deserves the, yeah. the plaudits he got. Honestly, he's great. He really does. Now, I guess we've touched on this, and I want to bring us back to D Man of these two episodes. Christopher. Now, I know I've been a bit rough on him in the past few episodes. I've called him really lucky. I didn't find him to be a good strategist. My mind is just was quite irritating. And, you know, I still think he's got some irritating moments, especially when he comes to tribal council and he catches that attitude and he just clearly he loves himself very much. But I've got to give it to him. These last two episodes, the strategy came out. And now, like Ivan says, yes, there's a bit of survivorship bias. He's not actually the perfect strategist. But until until yesterday, until the past two episodes, I was still telling myself, mm, he wasn't a very good strategist. He, I don't think he's got it in him. It's just luck. No, I'm, si- I'm thinking, you know what? He's not a very good strategist still, but actually sometimes he can just pull it out of the hat. And he really impressed me. Like, is it just me? You just thought, okay, right, fair. The man's moving mad, but he's moving mad in the right direction. I, I did. I, uh, yeah, I, I, there was some moves. I was like, that's really good. The, the funniest one is when he's like, by the way, let's let's just pretend I found an, an immunity idol. <laughs> <laughs> and then Doug's like, by the way, he's gonna can we all just pretend that we haven't seen him anything? <laughs> I cringed the whole time. I was cringing. And Lenani, Lelani, I'm so sorry. Was just like, yeah, I won't tell anyone. Like and they're all looking over like, oh my god, this is so cringe. <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh, oh God, okay. I think, let's think back to uh, Shy and, and, and similarly with Chris here, like you were talking earlier about, is it is it good to be not a threat? And people had considered him as so obviously um, uh, sent homeable that therefore they weren't going to bother. That's the cause of the Doug thing. And it's also kind of the cause of the Tanuke thing. So like being way behind the pack in terms of likelihood to stay is actually an advantage mm. temporarily. I don't think it's going to last, but I did say that last time. I do think he'll go home soon, but he's been so entertaining and no one can doubt what he did to Matthew was so clever. So good. Mate, and he's good. He's good entertainment, mate. He was yeah. doing fucking yeah. cartwheels on the beach when they were doing a, a mission. And then he was, and then he's pretending he's found an immunity idol. I find it fucking TV, man. <laughs> he's also, he's got a chiseled bod. I mean, you can't, you can't doubt he's got an absolutely yeah. chiseled, chiseled bod, mate. Well, we've really turned on him. We've, we've gone from finding him irritating to sexual desire. Pretty impressive. Well, I oh, no. I could be both here. I could definitely be both. Thanks, man. <laughs> He's, he's playing up. He's playing up to it, and we know he's doing that. And 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 at first we're like he's trying to make TV, and he is now making TV. It's entertaining. Well, I like it. <laughs> I think it's a little bit deluded, but I think he's he's basically doing a brilliant job. The second half of the season is going really well, and I'm glad he's still in it. So there we go. Wow, uh, strong strong words of approval here. I say one thing. Sorry, no. Can we just say nobody actually mentioned the extra vote? Nobody mentioned that there was an extra vote mm. because. Because what's his name oh. got to, right? So, yeah. But no mentioned it. It must have been edited out. 
they must have somebody must have done the count yeah but that make you sus as well though wouldn't it <clears throat> like somebody had two votes and they didn't tell like who had two votes like for me that's confrontational discussion no it's kind of clever though that they made him use it on a week when they didn't vote for him i think that's great yeah 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 no, i mean cl- clearly that managed just yeah chris is moving mad uh now I want to talk about Matt as well, because Chris manages to take down Matthew, and that's. Do we think Matthew sort of signed his death warrant by doing this? I'm just thinking, like he seemed, in a way, he could have signed his death warrant because he's sort of like, even though Chris was pulling the strings, Matthew is the one who's now showing to be oh the king of strategy, even though really in practice he wasn't really that. So I feel like. That could be a target on his back, but equally, he is so non-threatening. He's so quite easily influenceable throughout the series he's been that you might think he's not that much of a threat, Ivan. I still like him to win. Oh. I think you've got to make a move to be approved by the jury. Okay. So I think this move, this Tanuke move, might be quite interesting. I also think he has probably won the approval of Chris, Peg, and Hannah. That makes four. With seven players remaining, he has got himself a majority. The problem with that is they're not particularly strong players and he has switched sides. So if he really wants to think about winning this now, he has to keep their approval and he has to try to say to people like Nathan and Lawrence, he has to he has to say to try and get them to be like, okay, well, yeah, it was Tanuke. She was our friend. But also, um, like, this is... Uh, it, it's still a strong move. It, it's still possible. Let's just break party lines. Let's break tribal lines and try and build a strong alliance now. So yeah, he's got rid of his alliance of five. That is gone. Mm-hmm. But he's won a couple of friends and we'll see if he loses his previous friends. Nathan, he'll be angry with him because Nathan's not really playing a game. Mm. But I think Lawrence can see it. I think Leilani can see it. I don't think he's lost yet. I'm still backing him to win. Well, how do you how do you feel about Matthew's chances? Um... I think I think Matthew's really nice. I think he's a kind person. I don't necessarily think he's he's playing a strategical game. I think he sort of he's quite seems to be quite easily easily manipulated, but at the same time, it's I don't think um he's in a bad position. Like he's when you look at the last round of votes, somebody voted for Peg. Don't forget that. Somebody voted for Peg. That was Lawrence. Was it Lawrence? Yeah, but mm-hmm. then I look at someone like Lawrence and I look at somebody like um, Matthew and they haven't had that. Like I always go to the edit. So I'm thinking Lawrence, Lawrence and Lelani, they're going to come out on top somewhere because they haven't had much airtime really, especially Leilani lately. She hasn't had much. So something's going on. I reckon that Matthew, Leilani... And Pegleg are all going to be sound. I've just got a feeling because okay. them three are going to be okay. I don't know about Lawrence because he did do something quite, yeah, I think quite yeah. stupid in the last episode. You can't trust Lawrence in this game. You can't yeah. describe it in any other way. Like, why? He just out deleted and tasked himself. Like he literally just <laughs> down his window. Pick like, your alliance. <laughs> Pick your alliance. It's like, why would you... Like, he's trying to play both sides because he's trying to save his conscience. Like, he's clearly doing all this for his conscience to be like... And that's the same reason why he voted for Peg Legs. It was like, hey, look, I'm telling you what the others I'm doing. I'm definitely not involved in that plan. No. But why, but why would he do that stupid move when he's already got immunity, man? That's mad. Like, what's the point? I didn't understand why he was like, oh, yeah, Tanuke, by the way, they were going to vote for you, blah, blah, blah. Like, and it didn't help because she ended up getting voted off anyway. But they exposed get themselves. 
the the only answer is as as Ryan's saying to sort of play both sides and be like well whoever wins this I can jump on that winning side but you can't keep doing that it's not strong it's not strong play and the jury has to give the win to someone who's playing it well right yeah. now I think the jury can only pick Matthew or Chris that's my opinion mm. we'll see what happens in the next few episodes but they're the only two who deserve to win right now. The reason he told Tanuke was because if she does get voted out, he's got her on the jury. He did say that. But then by saying that out loud to her... You've killed it. Is she going to actually... Like, I don't... No, he didn't say that to her. He just told her oh, to okay. vote. He didn't say, oh, by the way, you, uh, you're you going to get voted out if you're on the jury, vote for me. Like He didn't say that, but he said it in his myth that um, mm. if I tell her and it, she does go out, it makes me look trustworthy and uh, hopefully I get the jury vote. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, now we've discussed quite a few of these players. Uh, I think now's a good time for Ivan's recurring segment because, oh my Thank God, is it possible? Well, actually, before we ask for names, I want to ask an introductory question. Is it actually possible at this stage to see where this game is going? Because every week has been a complete clusterfuck. I thought it was when there was that strong Kalaton five. I was like, okay, nothing's going to break that. We'll get to five, then we'll get to three, and the three's going to be Tanuke, Nathan, and Matt. I, is the final going to be a two or a three final? Because they've had both. It's normally two, right? Who knows? If it's two, then I understand why Nathan fought back. So the way I could see the game going, anyway, it's not going to happen because Tanuke's out. I don't think anyone can predict what's going to happen from here because what we have is a fractured alliance that was very obvious and now no longer obvious. So, no, for me, no idea. Will? I agree with Ivan's for the fact that they are all, all very aware at this point about gameplay. Like, so aware that it's so hard to predict because you never know what happens during an immunity either. Like, who's going to get immunity? Like, mm. and it's really hard to put... Like, everybody knows it's a game. Even Matthew's starting to realise this is actually not a holiday. Like, I'm all, like everyone's starting to realise, actually, I have to turn on people. I have to go with majority. I have to do all these strategic moves. So, fuck knows, mate. <laughs> like, sorry, I have no idea, mate. Like, and on that note, uh, it makes perfect sense to bring in Ivan's uh, recurring segment. Ivan, so it's your time to shine. Let's let's go with this, right? So, Ryan, you're eliminated. I'm really sorry you're out of the game. Again. Ren's gone. Doug's gone. You are out. You have no ability at predicting. You should be ashamed of yourself. Can we do a third round? No. <laughs> and next week, I'll need a fourth round. <laughs> do a third round after the series is over. Just pick the winner based on whether you watched it or not. Uh, I'm down to one. One of my players turned on the other. Matt got rid of Tanuke. So I am down to one. Matt is in such a, like a like a pivotal position right now. He's either gone next week or he's into the end. I just can't see. And then we have Willy Boy, who's got Pegleg and Hannah, both of whom are kind of playing bit parts. Both of them are kind of like just vehicles. But sorry, not vehicles. They're not vehicles. They're I passengers, mean... aren't they? They're passengers. <laughs> but I can see I can see at least one of those getting to the final three. So, Will, are you winning? right now yes yeah of course i am because what you got to think right is i say this from the beginning man i said don't be too quiet don't be like too influential either like they've just cruised through it a little bit peg had this little thing with doug which i think might could impact the future mm. but he seems to be he just doesn't need to get his anger and frustration like that, that can't take over him because you can tell like he was really pissed when Doug went and like even when he lost that challenge he was pissed mate because he threw, threw around the wrong peg didn't he matey boy um, who was it? Lawrence. Lawrence. Lawrence oh my god and then Lawrence still got the reward yeah <laughs> <laughs> he was pissed did you see him walking away <laughs> but 
nah, I think they're in strong positions. I would like to see Hannah in the final more than Peg at the moment, just because that whole thing with Tanuke, I got to see her, like, she was really hurt by that. But hopefully that wakes her up into, like, the competitiveness of everything. And she followed through with her game plan at the end, which was good. Do you I have an obsession? Uh, not obsession, I have an observation. <laughs> I have an obsession <laughs> with the fact that Pegleg each week seems to be becoming more and more like a cat. He just looks like a cat now. I mean, his little face, his little woolly face. He just looks like a big, warm cat that you'd like to give a big fuffle to. You know what I mean? I mean, it got quite weird when uh, <laughs> when Joel asked him, so are you hoping to win immunity? And he went, meow. <laughs> <laughs> he went, nah, just a saucer of milk, pal. That's all I want. <laughs> no, 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 no. Next time you watch it, just look at his face and be like, is he a cat? Because he looks a bit like a cat. When's the last time you saw a cat, Ivan? Uh, no, actually, it's been about 15 years since I've seen a cat. Yeah, yeah that, that, that makes <laughs> sense, yeah. Uh, well, we, we've touched, one thing we've touched on as well is the challenges. You know, every week we discuss them because challenges are... At, at the heart of Survivor. Mm. Uh, four strong challenges this time. The first one, actually, was just to sort of, like, weird, like, memorise what's in the box. Stupid. Mm. It wasn't enough to memorise. You need to have, like, ten things to memorise. Yeah. And bring five. <laughs> Sometimes four. Yeah. I was like... And then somebody, who was it, who took a pineapple? No, there was not one pineapple on the whole thing. And he brought pineapple back instead of a starfish. Pineapple left over from week one. I think also it ended up being more about whether you could get the bottle to stand up than actually remembering the order. Yeah. So it's just stupid, bad task, bad. Honestly, w- w- no, just just no. The others were good, though. Although, yeah, one thing that uh, made it good was uh, the rewards. And, you know, it gave Chris the first opportunity to just go on his trauma offensive like the man like sat down had a bite and then started talking and did not stop until the end of episode 12 they all just went nah just shut up mate it's fish and chips <laughs> and then he did that disgusting thing where he drunk oh no it wasn't him lawrence drunken in time was it chris it was lawrence someone drank a lot of gravy like, someone drank, like a pint of gravy i just don't think i could be deprived from food enough that i would start heat like drinking a pint of gravy I think it's preservation, man. It's calories, isn't it? So you're like just taking as much calories as you can. I, Is that your... I just you... drank a I just drank a mug of chip shop curry sauce. That okay. like bisto chip shop curry sauce. All right. I feel sick. So you'd be there. You you before even day one in the hotel, you'd be like, God, it's getting hard calories, mate. Down in the curry sauce. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, we haven't even started filming yet. Yeah, I just need some more calories from curry sauce. <laughs> uh, no, my favourite task of those four was the pegs one. Uh, I thought that was great. I loved it. It meant they had to keep sort of like climbing into each other's crotches, which I thought was hilarious. Um, it was it was tense at the end. The only thing was it, the difficulty didn't really ramp up until suddenly it was far too difficult. You only need four pegs to stand on. So like there were twenty pegs, and it's like, well, we'll get rid of the first sixteen, and unless you're stupid, which okay, two of them made some <laughs> <Yeah>. very stupid <laughs> mistakes, it's not actually, but it's not really much of a challenge. And then you go from four pegs to three pegs, and suddenly no one can do it anymore. So the difficulty like ramps up ridiculously. But, I mean, yeah. I think this whole challenge was a setup to just get that one moment uh, where Nathan was standing over a peg uh, and he had the peg just in between his two legs. And uh, I can't remember who he was with, but she had to make sure she was picking the, the right peg. <laughs> it was Tanuke <laughs> and Nathan. But I can't get one out. And he's like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bit further, bit further. Oh no, maybe try putting it back in again. <laughs> this is horrible. Uh, the other two challenges then, uh, obviously a bit of pizza. Can't complain about a bit of pizza, right? This was this was nice. 
uh, and the the rope challenge as well quite um, quite interesting but nothing quite as strong as i think the pegs i really enjoyed the pegs the standing on a pole was fun the obstacle course there's just too much going on i just need it to be one thing that was three tasks right and just make it a longer obstacle course and maybe yeah. have them go back like oh you gotta untangle yourself from the rope and then just quickly run all the way back i don't know i just i didn't need to suddenly yeah. be like doing the the pottery scene from ghost you know? <laughs> <laughs> trying to like <laughs> the spinning oh, disc oh my love <laughs> All the evicted players come up behind them and like form the things behind their backs. Oh well, look, still, still a very strong episode from Survivor, uh, in my opinion. I, I had a lot of fun. Now, I guess same question as every time: where is this going? I, clearly, we're not going to be able to guess who's winning next. But at least, do you think it gives an indication of what's happening from the preview? I'm thinking Matthew might be under under a lot of fire. But then again, these previews don't give away much, do they? I uh, refuse to watch previews of anything when I'm finished watching it. I get, like, you know, when I watch a series, I don't even... And, like, my wife would say, how many episodes are left? I can't actually go and see the pit thumbnails or read it because I feel like it just gives away too much for my own brain. But I don't watch anything to do with the... Pre- like, as soon as it goes like that, I just... I turn it off, so I haven't seen nothing. And I can't predict anything, to be completely honest, Ryan. Yeah, no, I think I think this is essentially like a new start from here. They've got to build it up from scratch. I think Chris has managed to escape the worst of it. I think Matthew's got a chance to either go really, really far into the game now or get eliminated next. Can't wait to see it, but I've got no idea. I've got one question then. If we can't, if we can't sort of gauge what's going to happen, who could we say is top dog in camp at the moment? Oh, that's hard. That's actually quite a difficult question. We've lost quite a few of them. So who's top dog? Is it Chris? I was going to say Chris. He's pulling the strings. It's Chris. It's Chris. Yeah. What the, how have we got here? How have we got to this point? I, I mean, you've got to applaud the man. Yeah. You have to applaud him. Yeah. It's top dog, but we're, we're talking about like a, a chihuahua specifically here. Just a very small. <laughs> There's something in the preview about the immunity idol. And it looks like Matt and Chris go and find it. And then from what I could glean, Matt just like leaves it on a bench and Chris picks it up because, because then Matt says, if I don't laugh, I'll cry. And Chris goes in that big gapy mouth thing he does. Um, and I, uh, I think potentially Chris ends up with another immunity idol. No, no way. That, that I would, I mean, you want to bet? The problem is I saw the, pre- the preview and I sort of thought the same thing. I thought that might be happening. But if it happens, I swear to God, I'm going to start using, like, I'm going to start being the guy that goes on Twitter and says, oh, it's rigged. I'm going to hold you to that. I think it's going to happen. Well, yeah, it's certainly looking like next week might be uh, might be interesting. Just fingers crossed. There's no there's no idol hiding anywhere around. Let's just hope there's no immunity idol, Will Faye. Anyway, on that note, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, there's two more installments of Survivor left. We'll have three episodes next week to discuss. Uh, what? Oh no, sorry, my bad. Two, two. I just <laughs> miscounted. Where did the third one come from? <laughs> it's an actual episode of just Peg like owing milk. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) we'll be back next week then to discuss episodes 13 and 14 the penultimate installment before the great final episodes um all looking forward to it no (laughs) yeah well it it doesn't matter ivan i'm holding your family hostage so you're gonna have to show up and comment on this episode i will not freeze them until the final honestly keep them they're rubbish (laughs) 
well, love you. I love you. I've got lovely sisters. I'm gonna cut out the part where he said he loves his family. <laughs> Do that, and I'll abduct your family, Ryan. <laughs> you go ahead. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna want to hold on to them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh god, this was—I didn't think about this. Oh, they're so annoying, and they're all yeah. French. They're so French. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we'll be back then next week to discuss episodes 13 and 14. If you like the podcast, you know the drill: give us five stars, give us a like, give us a nice little comment, follow us on the streets, give me a thumbs up on social media, uh, tweet at me, uh, click in my profile for launch, uh, something like that. <laughs> Uh, just, just do something to manifest your love, please. Uh, my name is at Christopher's Leopard T-shirt, and you can follow me on Instagram with that username. My name is at. You've just spent forty minutes of your life listening to a man called Chris, about Christopher. Uh, I'm Ivan. You can find me at Lawrence's Missing Pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't think anyone can find you at that. I don't think anyone can find these. <laughs> <laughs> but from all of us here it's see you next week and goodbye Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.